Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. And guess what? I am so excited to let you know that the Biz Women Rock Elite membership is now open and ready for you. What is the elite? Just like elite athletes have certain qualities that make them stand out amongst all the other athletes, elite business owners are just the same. And in the Biz Women Rock Elite membership, you are surrounded by all of your fellow rockin' biz women who don't take no for an answer, who are super obsessed with continuing to grow themselves, grow their businesses, and do big things in this world. And as a member of the Biz Women Rock Elite, you get special access to really in-depth targeted education that is available nowhere else in the Biz Women Rock community and specialized tools, strategies, and access to your fellow members in a productive way that will produce results in your business. You are not in this game alone, girl. So go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash elite membership and become a member today. I am back with a live coaching session today, and these sessions are here so that you can get deep insight into business issues, ideas, and challenges that we all face as we create strategies, solutions, and action plans that you can benefit from. It's also a great way to just see how transformative it can be to allow another person into your business so you can save time, save money, and energy that you would normally take figuring it out on your own. We are in this together, girl. If you are interested in a strategy session for you, just contact me and let me know that you're interested. I have packages that I customize for every single coaching client according to what their needs are. So just email me at katie at bizwomenrock.com. Today, I have the pleasure of strategizing with the incredible Amanda Broadway. She is the owner of a franchise called LifeSquire. Now, LifeSquire is a personal assistant service that began in Oklahoma City. And after seven years of success, they began franchising out their model. And Amanda was one of its first franchisees. She purchased the franchise in December 2016, and what made them special, according to Amanda, was their culture, how their staff members interacted with each other and their clients, and how the company itself interacted with the community. And now, Amanda is finding herself in the first year of growing her franchise in a different city and state, that would be Bradenton, Florida, and she's figuring out that she needs clarity on what she should do and what actually works to make her new franchise successful in a different market. So during this live coaching call, I help Amanda get clear on what her most important priorities are, who her avatar really is, and help her back into what action she can take to acquire the kind of client she really wants. We also discuss how she can create the specialness of the team culture that she loves so much about the original company and some practices she can put into place to deliver the high touch, high quality experience her clients would love. So let's get into this call with Amanda Broadway. Amanda, what's going on, girl? 
Hey there, Katie. <laughs> I am so excited that you're here. Thanks so much. Oh my goodness, I've been looking forward to this all day. <laughs> so we're here for a live strategy session, live coaching, and you had a very specific thing that you really wanted to work on for your business. So before we get into what that is, can you give everyone an idea of who you are and what your business is? Sure. So my name is Amanda Broadway. My business is LifeSquire. And what LifeSquire is, it's a personal assistance and concierge company. And the whole motto of the company is be a blessing, giving you back your weekends. So we're just trying to do everything we can to improve someone's life. And originally what prompted me to want to be a part of this franchise is because I really wanted a personal assistant. I'm a mom of two boys. I have a husband that travels all the time. And I said, man, if I had a personal assistant in my life, it would just make it so much better. And so I want to share that with other people. Saw the franchise in Entrepreneur Magazine and it kind of just went from there. Wow. Okay. So this franchise exists already. It has been very successful. How many franchises exist out there? Just so I get an idea of like where they are in the franchise growth. It's a new franchise model. The business has been in existence for seven years, but I am only the second franchisee outside of the headquarters in Oklahoma City. Got it. Okay. So they've proven the model in their local area. It's been super successful over seven years. And now they're just really making a way saying, okay, we can make this work in a bunch of different areas and other people can do this. Correct. Yes. Got it. Okay. So what are we working on today? What do you most want to get out of this session? The franchise is amazing. They just have had explosive growth lately. They have a great business model. You know, I'm so impressed by everything that the founder, Valerie Riley, has been able to do. And I just want to be able to replicate that. But because the franchise is so new, it's not a business in a box by any means. They're still developing the system. There's a lot of autonomy for us as franchisees. And so I would love to replicate their model. But starting from scratch here, it's challenging. It's challenging with the client acquisition. It's challenging with the staffing. I guess my my ultimate goal is just determining if it's possible to replicate what they have going in Oklahoma City and how best I can strategize to do that as seamless as possible. Let's start with a couple of questions here. First and foremost, where are you? Because that probably has a lot to do with the success of the company and the services. I'm in Bradenton, Florida, and we operate the business out of Sarasota and Manatee County, which is about an hour south of Tampa. When you chose to buy into the business, what did you see that really turned you on that made it successful? That even knowing, hey, I'm one of the newer franchisees, I can make a go at this because this is what they do really well. What do you think from an outsider's perspective, do they do really well? They have such an amazing culture. The staffing is amazing. They have this great group of women who really seem to just enjoy each other's company and they build a support system so that then they, when they go out to assist the clients, that kind of shines through in everything that they do and their attitudes and their ability to help each other out in just their day-to-day activities. So I was just really impressed by the culture that they've created in Oklahoma City, not just with their employees, but then ultimately how that looks to the clients and what they're able to replicate in each client specifically. What I'm hearing is that when you say for their culture, and the first thing that you mentioned was their staffing, that means all the, let's say, client managers, if you will. So for example, if you have a client sign on and they want a personal assistant, they might want 
X amount of hours or there might be a specific project or something that they need help with. So you as the owner are sort of in charge of being the matchmaker between the client manager or the person who comes in as a personal assistant to the correct client, right? Exactly. Exactly. That, that's exactly the case. So clients come in and they can either purchase the service on an ongoing basis or they can purchase it for project basis. Okay. And then it's just basically determining through, we've done personality testing and strength finders, who the right staff person is to be matched with the client. Gotcha. So do you currently have a bullpen of people who are working for you as part of the staff or who are sort of like waiting in the wings as assistants? Well, I currently have three because that's another part of the culture is LifeSquire really believes in bringing on employees, not just contractors. So you have a little bit closer relationship with them. It's a little bit more structured in what their responsibilities look like that way. Got it. And then you can be clear about like, hey, this is the big vision for us all and we're all moving towards this vision kind of a thing. Absolutely. Okay, gotcha. So the culture was really good. So there's this thing called you now have three employees and how do you replicate that united front, that togetherness, the fact that they're going in and like over delivering the experience to the client and make sure that they're constantly feeling like they're on board with what you're doing and kind of working with each other amongst staff members, right? Exactly. So do you feel like you have that yet? I don't. And I think it's something that takes time. And so here is like the big elephant in the room, big challenge that I'm having is I want to replicate what Oklahoma City has now. And it's taken them seven years to build that. Whereas, you know, I've been in business for seven months and I'm like, I want that now. I want the client base that you have. I want the staff base that you have. And so it's just, you know, how without time being the only answer, can I develop a system? I feel like this is just so cliche, but I just want to rush it and build it quicker and get to that level now. If you are listening and you resonate with any of this, please raise your hand right now, wherever you are. I don't care who is looking at you in a funny way. Seriously, girl, literally every single businesswoman I know is impatient. And that's what I love about businesswomen. It's a good thing because it drives us and it keeps us showing up every day and wanting to push for more. But it's it also can be our enemy if we don't allow it a little bit of grace and know that, okay, I've got to keep coming in here and I've got to get this incremental growth and then I'm going to hit really great moments and then it's going to peak and then it's going to like slough off a little bit and then I got to come back in and do it all again. So, you know, there there's a big thing called mindset of understanding that you're in business growth, you're a business builder. So you're sort of at a stage where I consider like you're not a business newbie, you're a business builder, like you're in the space of you've got a business working system, you can take in money and provide services. And now you're in that funny space of like, I'm in the business of growing this business, you know, (laughs) and that requires like to be on in all ways on all fronts. And so how long have you had this business? I launched it in December, 2016. Okay. Gotcha. So at the time of this recording, we're looking at about a half of a year, like six full months, really. Right. So it's relatively new, but part of the allure of buying into a franchise is that you don't have to go through that full seven years in order to get where this original company really is. You're still going to have some growth. You still need to put time in it. But the idea is ideally that you don't need to put in seven years in order to experience these kinds of results, right? Totally true. And, you know, I wanted a system that was already proven and in place. 
So to your point, it would be a little easier to jump on board. I know we're kind of talking about this kind of on the outskirts of everything, but there's a couple of major things that I see, which is kind of foundational business things, which is if what you saw and what you think makes them so successful is this gelling or this like this culture of the staff, okay? That is going to take some time. There's definitely kind of long-term, but great answers to that is like, how are you building culture amongst your team? How are you being a great leader? Are there certain structures that you have in place? Do you have a weekly huddle in order to bring everyone together? And what's going on from there? Are they, how are you incentivizing people? It doesn't always need to be financial incentives, but there is an entire education out there about how to be a great leader for your employees. Okay. So I'm just going to take that and kind of like put that off to the side for a second, because that, that is sort of a conversation in its own right. However, you're six months into a business and you mentioned client acquisition in addition to as being like one of the biggest challenges that you're having and that it's not so like click your fingers and boom, clients come to me, right? <laughs> I just thought everybody needed a personal assistant, but I guess there's some barriers I did not think of. <laughs> okay. So I, I kind of want to drag us back here because at the end of the day, if you don't have money coming in and you don't have clients paying you for their services, it doesn't matter what, what great of a team leader you are, you, if you cannot pay your staff. Okay. Are you in line with me of seeing the priorities there? Absolutely. Okay, cool. So let's talk a little bit about client acquisition. Tell me why it's been a challenge. I had originally assumed, like I said, that there would be a lot of people that needed personal assistance, but thus far, some of the challenges that I found is obviously there's a financial threshold to it to be able to afford a personal assistant. And then also what I've been hearing from women is that sometimes it's hard to let go of some of these tasks. Either they feel like it's their place to do, be in the home and do the laundry and the errands, or they just don't like someone else coming in and doing these things. So I guess there was a little bit of a mindset challenge that I hadn't anticipated as well into having a personal assistant in general and the stigma that that might represent. Because... Having a personal assistant really does require you to be paying somebody to help you do what you, quote unquote, could be doing on your own, which requires zero dollars versus now I'm paying for somebody to do that, right? There's Mm -hmm. definitely a financial threshold that has to, that you have to have in order to spend the money to do that, right? So would you agree with me that you probably need to know what the socioeconomic status of your area is? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So would you be able to do research on like what communities earn a certain amount of money or actually, you know what, before I go into that, let's back into this. Do you know who your ideal avatar is? I do. I I mean, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Who do you think is your ideal avatar? And I will give you a follow-up question to answer this. Who's currently paying you for your services? Right now, I would say my avatar is a household with two working professionals who have children that are school age, who, I mean, I would say average age is 40 to 45 years old. Is it the woman or the man, or is there a particular person in the household who is hiring you? It's actually been both. Okay. So even though, you know, I had assumed it would be mainly women, we're almost at a 50-50 split of men and women that are hiring us. Is there a commonality between those people? Meaning, okay, now you can't say it's all the women of the household doing the hiring. It is there a commonality between the men who are hiring you and the women who are hiring you? Above and beyond just being busy working professionals. I mean, it's different types of professions. So I'm not sure specifically what they would all have in common above and beyond that. 
I'm just trying to guess and see whether, like, is it one particular person who's kind of like the CFO of the household? Like, they're the ones making the financial decisions or at least keeping the books, if you will. So they're, sure. right? Like, I, you're not going to necessarily know that right off the bat, but if there's the one person in the household who's saying, okay, we have the budget for this, we're going to do it, is that the person calling you? I think that that might be a good assumption. Yeah. Okay. Are these typically corporate folks or are these typically entrepreneurs? Do you have those statistics? It's a little bit of both. So who we found is it's either corporate people or it's entrepreneurs who have a home-based business who then can use the service to assist with some of the business work as well. Gotcha. So you are positioned to be able to provide services that are sort of administratively supportive as well as personal assistance. Correct. Out of the book of business that you have right now, what do you provide more of? I would say personal home assistance. Like percentage-wise, is that 60% of your business, 90% of your business? 75% of the business, 75%? I would say. 75%? Yes. Okay. Is there the same type of profit margins there? Is it, or is it still like hourly work or project it's still, work? It's still hourly, so the price doesn't change regardless of if they're doing laundry or if they're doing data entry. Okay. So you have a pretty clear idea on who your avatar is. It's the person who is in a household with two incomes. They have school-aged children. Um, they have already made the decision that they need help. Do you have any idea where your people have come from thus far, the people who are paying you? So it's been a lot of word of mouth or it's, I've gotten involved in a lot of networking groups. So it's developing personal relationships with leaders in the groups. When you say word of mouth, I love that. But I also loathe <laughs> that term because that's giant. Word of mouth could be, oh, yeah, my accountant friend keeps on. It's word of mouth. But my accountant friend is the one who keeps sending me people over and over and over and over again. So is there any patterns to this word of mouth? Or are they just saying, oh, my friend here or my friend here? Is there a particular place that they keep hearing about you? I think it's been current clients either discussing it with their neighbors. We have had a couple neighbors sign on. And also I've had really great support from the clients in terms of posting it on their social media pages. Excellent. That's what I was trying to get at. Okay, good. <laughs> so basically social sharing when, yep. and it might be because somebody's asking for like, Hey, I need a personal assistant, like all the recommendations. Right. And then they're coming in saying, Oh, you've got to hire life squire. Here they are. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Perfect. Okay. And then neighbor sees that all of a sudden the yard's looking really great and life seems to be moving for their neighbors. So they're going and asking, Hey, who's that person who keeps coming over? <laughs> that kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay, cool. So I want to make sure I'm actually answering the question that you really want the answer to. And my guess is that your question is really, how do I continue to, to acquire clients on like sort of like most immediate sales needs, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about how to be smart with your time and with your money as far as where you're putting your sales activities and your marketing activities. Okay. So typically, I think it would be a really smart idea to back into what's already working and put some fire on that. So if a big part of what's working is word of mouth, i.e. one aspect of that is personal referrals and neighbors, you can absolutely implement I don't want to get so official as having a program, but you could absolutely do that, like a referral program. Or at, at what point in your process with a new client are you going to have your client manager or your personal assistant ask, hey, do you know anyone else who might need the service? Right? right? Like there's a thing called you can have that as a part of your client intake process. So I would imagine with the franchise, you probably have like, okay, once a client, here's all the steps that you need to do in order to get a client. And then boom, now here's all the steps that you do once you have a client, right? Sure. 
Okay. So I would, as a practical step, I would go back and look at that and decide and start experimenting with when you can make an ask for referral. Okay. Okay. And it could be multiple times. It could be, hey, by their second week with us, we're sending out an email basically saying thank you. Or after their first week with us, we're sending out an email saying personally, thank you very much. Or at this stage in your business, maybe after the first time that one of your assistants goes and works with that client, you are personally making a phone call to that person saying, how was your experience? In the personal assistant business, you making that very non-scalable, really personalized touch point is massive because that's what builds loyalty. If they know at the end of the day, now, yes, they're building a relationship with one of your assistants, one of your staff members, But if they know that you are there and you care that much and you're making sure that everything was great, that speaks a lot for the kind of business and the quality of business that you're running. And that's ideal for your sort of high touch, high quality, white glove service type of an industry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it would be smart too, to look in on that intake process and decide when are you going to make, when are you going to make personal phone calls? Um, And that can be something that eventually does get into the hands of maybe a client manager that you have, right? So if we want to think bigger about expanding and building this business, that's something that once you write it down and it's in the thing, it doesn't have to be you doing that. It could be one of your team members. Okay. So that's one thing. And maybe put yourself in there a couple of times, maybe ask yourself the typical duration of a client. Like maybe they get a call immediately when they start working with your company, like after the first or second time. And then maybe they get a call after the project's done. Almost like a personal handholding, like, hey, how was your experience with us? Actually, this is the key. When you're making a call to action and and an ask for a referral on like in person or on that phone, what you don't want to do is just say, hey, if you know anyone who could use us, let us know. No, you literally say, do you happen to know anyone else who would benefit from these types of services? You know, it's really important to grow our client base with really great clients like yourself. Do you happen to know anyone? And then shut up while they think about it. (laughs) And if they don't give it to you right then and there, you can put it in your calendar to follow up with, you know, a particular email sequence or whatever it is just to say, hey, follow up. And I know you were going to check in on your friend, what have you, in a way that feels good for you. And it doesn't feel like ambulance chasing, you know what I mean? Okay. So those are some very specific examples of things that you could do. But In addition to that, your client managers, is that what you call them? I keep saying that word, but is that what you call them? Like your personal assistants or your staff members who come in, what do you call them? Personal Personal. assistants? Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Just want to make sure I keep, I'm not using the wrong term. Okay. Personal assistants. So your personal assistants can do that as well. So maybe they're in there two or three or four times and then they can make the ask because they're the ones who have that intimate relationship now. So they can make the ask and it's officially sort of in your paperwork that on the fourth visit to a client, your job is to ask for referral, like flat out, do you know anyone else who could use services like these, you know, and then see what you can get. Okay. Okay. So that's how to optimize at least that particular part of word of mouth, like actually put some systems in place that get you talking to that client. And I promise you that a couple of things are going to happen. They're going to be like, oh my God, yeah, da, 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 da. here's that person's name. Or they're going to say, oh my God, my neighbor was just asking about you the other day. Here's their information. Or they're going to say, you know what? I can't think of anyone now, but there's a lot of people like me down at this particular meeting I go to all the time. And so you're going to start to get really customized results on where you should be going. Okay. Love it. Okay. okay. 
Any questions or ideas there? That was fantastic. It's in the notebook. Yay. Okay, cool. The second part of that word of mouth that you said was social sharing. So what if you could systemize the idea of social sharing? Do each of your clients, is part of their intake process, regular emails that go out to them? Oh, yes. Okay. Perhaps there can... Perfect. Okay. So perhaps there could be some sort of automated email that goes out after X amount of times of your personal assistant seeing them that says, Hey, we'd love for you to share about our service. Have you loved our service? We'd love for you to share about it on Facebook or what have you. And not everyone's going to do it, but if you get one or two people to do it, that's awesome. Are you registered with Angie's list? I know that tends to be a lot of home stuff. I don't know if, because it's like home repair. Are you familiar with Angie's list? Yes. Oh, yeah. So it's like a lot of home repairs. So if I'm going to call a plumber, I would go there to go check like who's used them and reviews on them and stuff. I don't know if they cover the personal assistant because it's home stuff. So I don't know if they would cover that, but you might just want to check that out. And if so, that could be another place where they go and review you. Yeah, there's a few different avenues like that. Like there's a thumbtack app, which is like the tackle, you know, all of the different new apps that are popping up for specific services. So that's a good point to try to be on all of them. Perfect. Okay. So that's something that you can implement and systemize a little bit. And again, it could be your personal assistants asking for that too. So you could do some email, you could do a piece of mail that is sent to them, a personal thank you note that is sent to them about, thank you so much. We'd really appreciate you going here and posting a review about us or what have you. Okay. The second thing that you brought up as far as how your current clients are are finding out about you is like word of mouth, a personal referral, current clients are, are telling you, social media shares. And then it's smart to then back into where are your ideal clients going? Where would your brand interact with them? Okay. So do you have any idea now on like where, like in either in groups that you said you've been doing some, some networking and things like that. So if you think about that ideal avatar, this person who's busy and that's why they're hiring you, my guess is that they're not going to be at every single networking event. They may be at the right networking events, sure, but they're not going to be at every single one, which is why it's so important to back into and reverse engineer, which ones are they actually going to? So if you thought, if you could put your ideal avatar up on a wall right next to you, what are they doing? Where are they already? Where are they spending time? What are they reading? What are they listening to? Um, All those sorts of things. So in no particular order, just tell me some ideas on where they are and what they're doing. So I've had success in our local business alliance. So I think that the networking groups that are tailored more towards business leaders have been a good resource. And then also in terms of where they're at, I mean, it's just been hard to kind of narrow that focus down because it's so broad. You know, you could say the gym, you could say the dog park, you could say, you know, wealth management companies. It's just like right now, even when I'm listing these off, it's just so broad that I think I just have trouble niching down on one specific area I should be targeting on to find them. Right. Because listen, marketing is a, is a little bit of a giant experiment all the time. However, if you've got a roadmap in front of you of what's worked already with your franchise or then this is a question to go back to them. And maybe that they've given you all this information already. Where have been their pockets of success for marketing? Have they done tried and true marketing tactics that work really, really well? Are they advertising in this local newspaper? Are they a part of this particular, you know, or these types 
types of groups? Have they developed really good strategic partnership relationships with these types of other professionals who are dealing with your avatar every single day? So do you know any of those answers off the top of your head? Uh, not really. I know that the franchise had, has had success going into local coffee shops and putting down a couple hundred bucks. And so then for the first hour, everybody gets free coffee on LifeSquire with a little two-hour free coupon. Oh. So I think they've had success with something like that. Have you tried that yet? Not at that grand scheme, but I can. Okay. <laughs> you know, the reason why you buy into a franchise is so you don't have to recreate the wheel all the time. So it's absolutely worth a try. Now, things that I would consider is make sure you've got the right coffee shop where your right. avatar is coming. I mean, this can't be like the little known coffee shop that no one goes to. Sure. Um, this should be something that's literally in the middle of the business district down there. It should be something that's busy. It should be something where people are going during lunchtime in the mornings after work, all the, that sort of stuff, right? Absolutely. Okay. Cool. So that's something to think about. So this is kind of an action item that I would leave you with is go back to your franchisor and ask about those things. Where are you doing your marketing and what's working for you? And then to figure out whether that's adaptable for you, then you need to take that and look at it. And the things that you should be looking at are what is that equitable thing here? And does it fit here? Your avatar is a certain type of person. And I do believe that the Bradenton, Sarasota area absolutely has that type of person. You just need to spend your time effectively rather than just, you know, spaghetti marketing everywhere. Exactly. So I would start there just as a starting point with what's worked really well for them and then take an analysis of it and say, okay, I'm going to try. These seem the most, I've had some success doing this. So if I used what they were doing and did it a little bit better or tweaked it a little bit according to what they've done, then maybe I can really drive home with some of those things. So I would choose, you know, the top one, two or three things for you to try and see how they go. The ones that make most sense, the ones that you feel like you're going to get the most return from. So, you know, immediately speaking, I'm thinking, I mean, if the coffee shop thing works, that's awesome. The referral thing is huge. Like I feel like if social media sharing is working, that is just a reflection of what's happening in real life. So what other people are in a position to talk about this awesome assistant that they just hired and it is totally saving them so much time and making their life manageable? Like, who else is that person talking to? Are they at other events talking to each other there? Are they at the gym? I mean, like, start backing into, like, who are they talking to? Are they talking to this type of an attorney? Are they talking to a psychiatrist? I don't know. Because <laughs> they're so overwhelmed that they have to go go to a counselor. You know what I mean? I, um, exactly. But if you can insert yourself into... I mean, a half of a dozen really positive referral sources who every time that they see this client and their client is busy, that, that you're the person to go to, you know, hey, this, this company Absolutely. has helped so many of our clients, you need to go check them out. Okay? Okay. Okay. So what else? So do you feel as far as like kind of immediate action steps that you've got a couple of good ideas to push you forward? Oh, definitely. I love this referral ask. I'm going to implement that immediately. Yay. Okay, cool. Look, uh, there is so much more that we can go into, into the larger growing and the business building of your company. But you know, when it comes down to any business, it's a matter of how do you prioritize what's most important and then what the second steps are going to be. And I feel like some of the stuff that we worked on will get you some immediate results, immediate action, immediate momentum going on in your business. And then I would say as a, as a side note, start maybe listening to some really great books about leadership. Simon Sinek's Start With Why is a really great book that I love. But start to 
figure out, you might even start talking to other people in your industry who also do very similar things and ask them how they run their team, you know, get, get part of other for your own personal and business development. In addition to you growing your business, there's this thing called you growing yourself as a businesswoman. And I am a big believer that you cannot have this giant business if you are not yet the woman who's ready to run that business. So it is, that's why it's a step-by-step and a day-by-day process. So put some time and attention and investment on you growing as a businesswoman and see what other groups are out there, either locally or virtually, who are also running their businesses and can give you really great feedback and best practice ideas and what's working and what doesn't. The Biz Women Rock Elite happens to be an amazing virtual community of awesome businesswomen just like you. But there are definitely local organizations and virtual organizations who can help you out tremendously as you personally grow and can give you some really great ideas. And the benefit of that is that you cut your learning curve in half because now you're tapping into the wisdom of other people too, okay? I absolutely agree with that. I've already developed a great network of other women business leaders and owners in the area. So I absolutely embrace that wholeheartedly. Awesome. All right, my dear, are there any other questions that you might have that would make you like totally even more on fire after leaving this session? I'm sure I have a zillion more questions, but this, these are some actionable items that I think, you know, I can put into place this week. And so we can just build from there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on Amanda. Where can people go find out about you if they happen to be in your local area and want to check you out? You can find us at golfcoast.lifesquire.com or on social media at Lifesquire Golf Coast. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this episode today. I am so grateful that you are here listening. If you want to connect with your fellow listeners and start having more and more business conversations so that you can learn all the intricacies you need to learn about growing a business and growing it purposefully and making it grow beyond what you can possibly imagine... Go connect with thousands of other business owners in the Biz Women Rock community. We have a private Facebook group that is totally free for you at bizwomenrock.com forward slash group. I look forward to seeing you in there.